We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packer fans welcome back to the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman joining me are the two best people in the entire history of the world the first is perry goldstein perry how the heck are you doing i'm good i'm happy the three of us are back together I could not be more excited. And the other, of course, is the one and only Alex Strofe. Alex, how the heck are you doing? I'm really good, Andy. Uh, it's a beautiful Sunday night as we record, obviously, on Monday when you're watching this. Another week, which means we're, what, like 16 days away from the start of training camp. I can't freaking wait anymore, Andy. I'm sick of talking about Aaron Rodgers' new tattoo. So I'm, I'm ready to get into some real football. We are in the thick of the dead zone, right in the middle of the post-mini camp, pre-training camp, doldrums of the offseason. We had some Aaron Rodgers golf outings. We had an Aaron Rodgers tattoo. Um, But this is also the period of time where you're basically hoping that you don't hear anything about the Packers. Really, the only thing Packers-related that you could hear uh, is bad news right now. So you just kind of want to avoid any sort of major news. So thankfully, we are talking about back-of-the-roster players I'm kind of going through an exercise today uh, of, uh, you know, who would we keep, who would we cut, those sort of things. I think it's always worth mentioning in these sort of situations. We are cheering for all of these players. We want all of these Packers carrying the G and going on to Hall of Fame careers. We're not cheering against any of them. Um, some of them we haven't even had eyes on in a training camp situation or setting yet. So tough to have some of these conversations, but uh, we want to handicap kind of how some of these battles could go. We also know that it could end up being a running back versus a linebacker for the final spot, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a running back versus a running back, but we're going to kind of go position by position, break down some of these battles and see who we would kind of pick as our guy or who we think maybe the Packers would pick as their guy as we go into training camp. So Perry, Alex, are you ready to kick this thing off? Let's do this thing. Woohoo! All right, let's jump into it right away. <laughs> let's start at running back. And all of these categories we go through, we're going to have to pick one player. So we're going to give you a list of names that we think, you know, could be in, in consideration for one of these final roster spots. And we're going to pick one player in each of these categories. We'll start with running back. We've got Patrick Taylor. We've got Tyler Goodson. And we've got BJ Baylor. Really interesting scenario here is three undrafted players, one from a couple of years ago, two from this year. Uh, really, a really diverse group of running backs. Patrick Patrick Taylor, more of a power back, BJ Beller, sort of the in-between guy. And then you've got Tyler Goodson as more of your speed receiving back. 
Alex, I will kick things to you first. How do you potentially see this battle breaking down and who would you maybe like to see or who do you think you would like to see Green Bay keep uh, this upcoming season? Yeah, this is a tricky one, Andy, because I, I think, you know, when we look at these three guys, there's a possibility none of them make the roster. In fact, I think it's a pretty high possibility. So, uh, but for the sake of argument, Patrick Taylor's interesting. I'm not going to pick him because obviously he's been with the team. They've waved him a few times. They've given him several opportunities over the course of the last two years. He knows the system, which helps. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to go with my Big Ten bias here. And, and another little tricky thing, I look at Tyler Goodson from Iowa, of course. Uh, he was born in the year 2000. We're, we're officially to that point in the NFL, which makes me feel old. And I'm 23. Like, that makes me feel old. So uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Goodson. I, I like the speed, as you just alluded to, Andy. Uh, um, I don't know what they're going to be doing with, with kick and punt returns. Obviously, we're, we're still a couple of weeks out from really finding out who they're gauging at that position. But I like Goodson. I like his speed. And again, it's my Big Ten bias being a guy in Madison. So I'll go with Goodson here. All right, Perry, what about you? It's interesting you mentioned age because that was actually something I used as we go through these to kind of, if I was on the fence with two players, like going with someone who's younger, it's a very Packers thing to do, but I'm actually going to go with Patrick Taylor for some of the reasons you gave, which is that he has had like real game experience. And I think that's somewhat invaluable. Um, Obviously the goal is that like neither of these guys are really going to play because if they are, that either means somebody's hurt or maybe it's fourth quarter garbage time. So maybe we do want to see them play because that means Packers are up 40 to 10. Um, But I just think knowing the system um, and, you know, having had actual like real game snaps kind of like has me leaning towards Patrick Taylor. And I think the power back thing too, Andy, like, you know, just that kind of the Packers kind of going that way scheme wise potentially could be interesting, but I'm also biased because Patrick Taylor came up packs, which she said. So I definitely have to add in. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm rooting for him a little harder. Totally fair and totally understandable. And of course, uh, in this scenario, we're sort of assuming that Kylan Hill starts the season on the pup list as well. Um, otherwise, we think he would probably rise to the top of that group. Um, but I, if you told me that none of these players made the roster, if Patrick Taylor made the roster, if Tyler Goodson made the roster, or if B.J. Baylor made the roster, none of those things would shock me. I was overall impressed by how Baylor looked um, in limited snaps, obviously, in rookie minicamp and minicamp and OTAs. Um, Tyler Goodson, Freak athlete. Obviously, if we're looking at Raz scores, um, he was through the roof from a testing standpoint. I had him as a draftable player coming out this last year. I thought Green Bay did a great job of getting him as an undrafted free agent. I think Patrick Taylor, as you guys mentioned, um, he has the ability. He's played in games. He knows the system a little bit older than the other two, uh, but also a little bit more experienced. I think Patrick Taylor would have been a drafted player had it not been for his injury coming out of Memphis. So a really interesting group of backs. And like I said, Patrick Taylor, more power, Tyler Goodson, more speed, BJ. Baylor kind of in the middle. Uh, Taylor, I think is the best of the group right now, but I just think Tyler Goodson has the potential and ability to sort of be a player that can help in a variety of different ways. Uh, Alex, you kind of alluded to maybe kick returner, punt returner. I think Goodson has the ability maybe to help the most in those, those sort of situations. You, you probably want a little bit more of a receiving back. Although I think Patrick Taylor, even in BJ Baylor can do those things as well. I just think Goodson has a little bit more of an upside. If anyone's been listening to my videos lately, they know I love Patrick Taylor. That's probably the direction I personally would go going, but I could see Green Bay easily going with Tyler Goodson in that scenario. All right, let's jump to wide receiver because we have another really interesting 
group here. Uh, we're going to say, again, we're going to choose one wide receiver. Uh, we've got Samori Toure, the seventh round pick, Malik Taylor, uh, who's made the 53 at some point each of the last couple seasons. And then we have got Juwan Winfrey, who continues to just make plays anytime he's out on the field um, and definitely would be very much more in this conversation had he been able to sort of, I think, finish his season last year and you know not have the injuries in training camp that he did. But three really interesting wide receivers. Perry, I'll start with you this time. What direction do you think Green Bay could go here? This one was the hardest for me, yep. mostly because I also think that, like, I don't know if any of these guys are going to make the roster. Packers actually have so many wide receivers to choose from, um, which you wouldn't have thought, like, pre-draft. But what I went with was simply that it's very odd for the Packers to, like, not keep a draft pick. So I went with Samori Toure, just, like, again, age. They drafted him this year. I think, like, Malik and Winfrey have – you kind of know who they are at this point. So potentially you want to like sneak one of those guys onto the practice squad if you can, but I think it's just so much more likely that the Packers keep one of their draft picks. Alex, what about you? Yeah, I feel the same way, Perry. I just have a hard time seeing them part ways with the draft pick and Samore Toure. Obviously we don't know a ton about him, uh, at, at least at the professional level yet, but that, that, that trumps everything for me. It's a, he's a seventh round draft pick. So obviously he's lower, but uh, I still have a hard time believing, right? Like we can go into, which we won't today, but we've gone into the Amari Rogers and, and we'll get into Josiah DeGuara here in a minute. But I, I think when you look at those draft picks, I have a hard time viewing the Packers as giving up on those guys, especially a brand new one like Toure. And, and to Perry's point, uh, Jawan Winfrey, who's been kind of a training camp hero the last year, um, as, as you mentioned, Andy, like I hope they're able to find a practice squad spot for him. And then maybe it's the end of the road for Malik. But, but I, I think the draft pick trumps all. I'll go with Samori Toure here. Yeah, I thought uh, Zach Jacobson over on Packer Report did a great article this week. Um, he noted that of Brian Gutekind's 37 draft picks prior to this season, uh, only four did not make the initial 53-man roster. Oh, wow. And two of those, uh, Jake Hansen and Cole Van Lannen, uh, ended up making the 53, uh, you know, or I should say still are on the roster today. Right. So like, um, it's not like, uh, they've been in the business of letting these guys go, uh, to be fair, two of the ones that they did let go, James Looney and Kendall Donerson, uh, were late seventh round picks, which Samori Toure is and a couple other seventh rounders that we'll talk about today, uh, in that conversation as well. But again, 33 out of 37 draft picks they've kept on the initial 53 man roster. Those are pretty good odds. I would go with Toure as well. Um, if, if you had to ask me today, all right, it's third and 15. Which of these wide receivers do you want running the route? I would take Juwan Winfrey. If you said, all right, we, we need a, a, you know, somebody on kick coverage or a punt gunner to go out there. Who do you want? I would take Malik Taylor today. Uh, but if you told me, you know, which one that I think could be the best, you know, overall wide receiver helping out on special teams, maybe doing some punt returning eventually, uh, being a slot wide receiver, doing some on the outside and has the highest upside and developmental potential. I'm going to Maury Toure. He's the youngest. He was a draft pick for all of those reasons. I go with Toure, but uh, Taylor and Winfrey definitely going to be in the conversation. Although, as Perry mentioned, these are the probably what seventh, eighth and ninth wide receivers, which is crazy that we're talking as these are the seventh, eighth and ninth. Um, but a lot of wide receivers ahead of them on the roster that these guys are going to have to compete with. No doubt about it. Yeah. My, my question for you, Andy and, and Perry would be, do, do you view both of these guys as practice squad potential? If it does play out the way we expect with Samori Toure being our guy making the roster, do you think both these guys land on the practice squad or is it game over? How, how do you view that playing out? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I guess it also, you have to kind of see what other positions shake out. Like, do they want to keep two wide receivers on the practice squad? Are they going to prioritize offensive linemen or prioritize other positions? But um, I think if there was one that I think lands on the practice squad, I do think it's going to be Malik just because he actually has been brought up to the 53. He's played in real games. He, he did do some special teams last season. So most likely in my mind. Sure. And, you know, I think the other thing too, is if you're Juwan Winfrey's agent and you see, you know, a, a list of wide receivers, including Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard and Amari Rogers and all these guys that we know are going to make the team as your six wide receivers. And then you just kept Samori Toure as your seventh. Um, are you going to want to accept a practice squad spot on that team where maybe you go to some team that just does is completely, um, you know, doesn't have the same level of depth at wide receiver. Um, and, and maybe you go there if, it, if it, all it is, is a practice squad spot anyway. So they might have trouble there convincing a couple of these guys to be the seventh or eighth or ninth receivers um, on the team, uh, what, you know, on the practice squad. But I think if they could get Taylor and Winfrey back, if they could get any of these guys back on the practice squad at the wide receiver position, I think they would love to have them back, quite frankly. Um, all right, let's jump over to the tight end. This is a really interesting one. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Josiah DeGuara versus Dominique Daphne. Uh, both of them are sort of this H-back, fullback, tight end sort of hybrid. I think Daphne is the better fullback, H-back sort of player. Um, you know, I think DeGuara has a little bit more receiving ability and kind of has the more like inline tight end as well as a little bit of H-back. I think they're slightly different players, but sort of in that same role. 
Um, I didn't think much of this until I heard some people on the beat starting to talk about, hey, you know, Dominic Daphne was running with the ones at times and Josiah DeGuara was running with the twos. Um, could that be, and this was in mini camps and OTAs, could that be an indication that maybe DeGuara is going to have to go out and earn their, you know, earn his spot? Um, I don't know. I'll let either of you wants to take this, take this, but I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Yeah, I'll jump in on it. I, I, I think DeGuara makes the roster and here's why I think it's the floor, right? Like uh, one of my favorite stories that uh, Jason Wilde tells all the time is, is DeGuara's final year of college. Matt LaFleur was showing film of DeGuara at Cincinnati to the team, right? Like we've heard this guy gush over DeGuara, obviously prior to the ACL tear a couple of years back. Um, but we haven't really seen what he is, but I think using some of our early argument, earlier arguments is that this is a third round draft pick for a couple of years ago. And I just don't see the Packers giving up on him. I love Dominic Daphne. He's an awesome story. Uh, he came onto the scene totally unexpectedly in 2020. Uh, caught a touchdown against the rival Bears. I mean, come on. It's a great story. But uh, I, I lean pretty heavily with Josiah DeGuara here, despite the success we've seen out of Dominic Daphne. And, and again, how cool of a story he is. I would I would lean DeGuara just for those reasons. And, and this is really a do or die year in my mind for, for Josiah DeGuara. I agree. I second all that. I think you have to give your third round pick another chance and you kind of start started to see him pick it up. He also lost an entire season basically. So he's like a whole year behind and we know we've, we've said it ad nauseum, like tight end is a really difficult transition from college to the NFL. So I think this is really like just year two for him. And he started to kind of have that connection with Rogers at the end of the season. It was like a little rocky at times. You need to give that more time. And um, I just think again, yeah, Matt LaFleur has such like vision for him. So I'd love to see him actually like kind of start to fill into that role. But I also kind of feel like both of them could make it. The tight end room is really, really up in the air. And depending on what happens, like, I think it's interesting, you know, I'm Tyler Davis in this threesome because like I could see it being Daphne and DeGuara and not tell, you know, you just never know who like shows up at camp. I think there's more players that are that are in this battle. So much hype around Davis, though. And Andy, I'm sure yeah, I, I know. I, but I, I just think, I don't know, like Daphne has produced. So Tyler Davis did in very, very, very limited snaps. Sure. But like Daphne, I think of the three has probably had the most production or at least seen the most time on the field with Rogers. So I think it's possible both of them make it. You know what, I broke the rules, Andy. Sorry. <laughs> well, you, you know what Roger says. He likes production over potential. So you never know. You're, right, you're this right. is a perfect example of that, yeah, too. It is. Because Josiah DeGuara has had limited production and lots of potential. And you hope that he meets that. You hope he breaks this whole third round pick curse. You hope that he becomes this like really fun gadget tight end, but we just like haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I took the entire, you know, Daphne getting snaps with the ones as a semi happenstance or maybe at best, uh, maybe sending a little bit of a message to Josiah DeGuara of like, hey, you know, we really, you were a third round pick, top 100 pick. Uh, we need you not to just be like, okay, you're a nice player. We need you to be a guy on this team. We think you can be a guy. This is sending you a message that, uh, you know, you're going to need to earn that. And, you know, we're going to give some guys snaps ahead of you to hopefully send that message a little bit. Uh, I would be shocked if DeGuara wasn't on their roster um, in some capacity. And then, you know, whether it's Tyler Davis, Daphne, I think there's going to be, um, you know, some room for some other debates. It, it could even, you know, end up 
keeping all of these guys and, you know, having less players at other positions too. We're just going to have to wait and see. I do think Daphne's the best, like sort of fullback on the roster. I know DeGuar can play that a little bit. Um, you know, how, how valuable that is. Um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure, but I do think Daphne brings just a little bit of a, um, you know, bigger physicality from that position. Uh, but overall uh, I'm going to Guara. I don't think it's necessarily close. And I do think, as you mentioned, Perry, um, I think DeGuara coming back from that torn ACL, uh, it was not till the end of the year that I think we started to get a glimpse of what DeGuara can actually be. He caught that great back of the end zone touchdown against Minnesota. Um, and I thought that was really kind of his launching point. I thought he started to gain some confidence from there. So I'm hoping that Josiah DeGuara towards the end of the season can carry over and even be better than what he was a season ago. And, and hopefully we get our first full real look at what Josiah DeGuara can be this upcoming season. Yeah. To that point, I think uh, obviously we got to see what happens with Robert Tunyon too, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. unlikely. I would think he starts the season on the pup list, obviously, because there's a, there's a six week indication there. But you never know, right? With, with I've the, heard rumors that he might start week one. I've heard that which, he's really, really good. In good. Rehab. Again, like you got to get the pads on. You got to see. But yeah. But um, no, that's good news. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what you hope for, right? So uh, we, we, we'll see how it plays out. But I think it's it's fascinating to see that side of things, too. But uh, Perry, if your sources are correct, God, that would make me happy. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be absolutely amazing. Uh, let's jump to offensive line. This is a really tough one. Um, we're going to have to pick one. Um, and again, we could have multiple of these players. We could have all of these players make the team, but we're going to try to limit it to one here. Cole Van Lannon, Jake Hansen, Rashid Walker, all draft picks uh, in some capacity. Uh, Cole Van Lannon and Jake Hansen, two of the draft picks that initially did not make their 53-man roster, but again, still on the team. And then Rashid Walker, a seventh-round pick this year. Cole Van Lannon and Jake Hansen, both getting snaps and reps with the ones in mini camps and OTAs. So that seems sort of noteworthy. Um, and then again, Rashid Walker, fresh pick, who I, a lot of draft Knicks had as one of their steals of the draft for the Packers in the seventh round. So good luck uh, picking your one out of the three here. I think there's a really good chance at least two of these guys make the team, but we're going to we're going to stick to our process and we're going to pick one guy. So, uh, Perry, let's start with you. Yeah, I'm going with Rashid Walker and mm. I do think that maybe part of getting reps with the ones is just like a seniority thing for camp. I don't know, but I feel like the Packers just know offensive linemen, right? Like they are just very, very good at finding offensive linemen. And I think that if you in, what is this Jake Hansen's third season? Like if you aren't like a second, like a second stringer, if you will, at this point, like they probably know you're not it. Right. And I feel the same way about Cole Van Lannon. So I think it's more likely they go with this year draft pick. Like you said, Andy, it was a steal. Like apparently it was like one of the best value picks. So I just find it really hard to believe that they're going to do that and then not put Rasheed Walker on the roster. And mostly just because I think they know what they have on the other two guys. And it might just like, not, it might just not be it. Alex. Ah, oh, I, I, I can't figure this one out. This this was the toughest one to me uh, of the ones we're going to go through because I just don't know. There's so many question marks around this offensive line, you know, 16 days away from the start of training camp. I'm going to go with Cole Van Lannon, and maybe that's my Wisconsin bias uh, playing in again, obviously. But um, but I, I don't know, man, right? Like he's he's a year younger than, than Cole or Jake Hansen, excuse me. So I think that plays into his favor. But also you could make that same case with Rashid being a seventh round pick this year. So it is complicated. And I think there is a really high chance of all three of these guys, yeah, two of the three of these guys making that roster. Um, Jake Hansen's interesting, right? Like is he center number two? Is that how we view him? Do we view Cole Van Lannon as like the second option is right at right tackle? 
Probably, but I don't know that I'm I'm in love with that. So I, I lean Van Landen just because of the injury concerns with Elton Jenkins and Debach. Um, you know, if, if neither of those guys, hopefully David Bakhtiari is ready week one. But again, that's a, a crazy mystery at this point. Uh, but I, I lean Van Landen just just for maybe a look at right tackle, although I don't think he would even – maybe Yash is over there. Like, I don't know. This offensive line is so confusing to me. It is the, uh, the biggest question mark, even more so than wide receiver to me this offseason. Let's go one apiece here. I'm going Jake Hansen. I think Jake Hansen is the next Lucas Patrick, which may not exactly, uh, you know, send thrills down the spine of Packer fans, but Lucas Patrick was a really nice uh, rotational interior offensive lineman center guard had to earn that spot. And then once he did, you know, he kind of made the most of it was a, you know, you need that guy who can be the next guy up on the interior. Um, just go into left guard center, or right guard, whoever goes down, they just go in and they fill that spot and you don't need to change anything. And I think Jake Hansen's going to be that guy. Um, I think Cole Van Lannon has the advantage that he can, I think, play four of the five positions along the offensive line. Walker might only be one as a rookie, might just be right tackle. Hanson probably only the three interior spots. So uh, Cole Van Lannon might have a, a, a slight um, advantage there in that regards. But uh, I will go Hanson, um, and then I would do a slight nod to Walker after that. But I think that's going to be a really interesting battle. I'm with you, Perry. I think the Van Lannon you know, offensive line starting snaps is more of a, all right, he's been here the longest. We're just going to, you know, certain him based on seniority, but we'll get a much better look at training camp. And that's, that's a really fun battle that I'm looking forward to in camp. Uh, let's jump to defense. Let's go over the defensive line really quick. Uh, we're going to start with Jack Heflin versus Jonathan Ford. Perry, who you got here? I love this one. I'm actually going Heflin. So I'm a little bit veering, but I obviously haven't seen Jonathan Ford. They obviously drafted him for a reason, but he was the only draft pick that had the not a great relative athletic score. And so I just, I don't know. There's something about like a non-athletic or like high athletic player that to me, just like is not a Packer. I was, it was the only pick I was confused by basically this past draft. And I'm also like kind of rooting for Jack Heflin. I don't know. I just like would really like to see him get that, that shot. And he was another kind of like camp darling, right? Like everyone was really into what he could do and he didn't really get to do it on the field. So I'd like to see him get a shot. Alex. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to agree here, Perry. I like Jack Heflin. I like the story. Uh, I like the idea of him. And, you know, uh, the, the, the RAS comes back again here. Uh, uh, <laughs> I find that stat so fun, right? Like, is it always super helpful? No. But, like, can it be? Yeah, yeah. And I think – I, I think, I think yeah, I, decisions. I think so, too. And so, yeah, I like the story around Jack Heflin. I, I, admittedly, I don't know really anything about Jonathan Ford, but he is a draft pick. So maybe to my earlier argument, I'm being contradictory here, but I'm going to lean Heflin uh, just because he's been in the system. Yeah, Jack Heflin, a 4.93 Raz, Jonathan Ford, a 3.53. So not exactly a huge ton of difference. <laughs> uh, but either way, I like Jonathan Ford a bit better. I think when I watch both from their college film, I just thought even though Ford tested like worse athletically, uh, we have to also sort of remember sometimes um, these relative athletic scores are uh, relative, but Jonathan Ford's 333 pounds. Like that is a big man. You are just simply not, you're, there's only a level of testing that you can test so well. Um, Heflin's 304 uh, in comparison. Like there's only so fast and as many, you know, you're not going to run a super fast three cone at 
at 333 pounds, unless you're an absolute freak. So um, I think even though he didn't test quite as well, I think Ford is actually a little bit of a better athlete, in my opinion, uh, than Heflin. I think he has the ability to not only be a run stuffing player, but I think he can add a little bit more juice than Heflin has. Should be a fun battle. Both could be practice squad guys as well, but I'm going to slight lean on Jonathan Ford in this situation. So he, he's a taller BJ Roger. Right. Like he's, he's just I'll got that. incredible size. I mean, I, I don't know that he can dance quite like BJ Raji, but uh, six, five, three thirty eight, like that's a big boy. So maybe you'd like that size. I, I, th- I think either guy's a, a solid hit here. Yeah. They, they, they like those big, you know, physical players, especially like either, both of these guys, their job is the Tyler Lancaster, right? You're not playing them on passing downs. This is just, can you eat, you know, 10 early down snaps where they're probably running the football and hopefully hold up two guys and let your linebackers do some work. Right. Um, and I think both of them can fill that role and uh, whoever shows they can do it better is probably going to end up on the roster. So we'll be interested there. Edge rusher is the, uh, like, I don't, I can't get excited about any of these guys, but we'll go over it anyway. I'll pick one, <laughs> Randy Ramsey, Jonathan Garvin, Tipa Nalii, Ladarius Hamilton. If you'd like to make a case for one of the undrafted guys as well, you could do that. But uh, Alex, I'll let you kick things off here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oof. Okay. Let's, uh, let's break this down. And, and Andy, I'm going to rely on your, uh, your expertise here for guys that were and were not at ma- or voluntary OTAs. My understanding is Garvin was not there, correct? He was not. And that was a really weird That's choice on his part, assuming it was a choice. You never know. Maybe it's something, you know, unexplained going on, but either way, not great. Yeah. Unless it's something unexplained, I, I think that might've been the nail in the coffin. I just don't understand that at all. Um, I like Tipa Nali. I, I always have. I like his name. I like saying it. I think that might help him a little bit. Uh, what terrific reasoning by me today on this podcast. Really, really hard hitting stuff. But uh, he, again, it's a guy that knows the system. It's a guy that came on midseason last year. And, and Andy, I think we actually spent a, a post game podcast, you know, a, a good 10 minutes talking about Tipa Nali early on in his in his tenure with the Packers. So uh, for, for that reason, I lean with him. Garvin not being in OTAs was really, really interesting, as I, as I just referenced. Um, and, and Randy Ramsey, I think that's the other guy you could pick here. I, I just like Nalia. I'm going to take Nalia over him. But again, I think to your point, Andy, I don't love any of these guys. All right, Perry. Well, actually, I had Garvin in mind. That's who I was going to pick. So that's interesting. He wasn't in camp. I mean, I think about it just because he was very productive in college, right? He had double-digit sacks, like, sophomore and junior year and he's played a little bit of snaps and you just kind of hope that he sort of like grew into the role that you wanted to see um 
but I mainly was like, he's 22, right? So he still has like plenty of time to develop into a player and he's already going into his third season. So I think there's still room for him. And like, there's a hole at edge three, right? Like there is a, a place for someone to like really step up and actually okay. be pretty impactful. So um, I do think it's a toss up for all these guys, but definitely like the most opportunity, I think of all the players that we're talking about, these guys have like the most opportunity to actually see like meaningful snaps. Just a bummer. Cause we're least excited about this group, unfortunately, but, uh, I'm going to go Randy Ramsey. Um, I think Jonathan Garvin was bad last year and him not being at OTAs, uh, I think is, is not a good sign for him. Um, T I think definitely could earn a spot. I, I actually really, really like is very aggressive, but I like Ladarius Hamilton. I'm intrigued by Ladarius Hamilton. Let me put it that way, <laughs> but I'm going to go, uh, Randy Ramsey. I think his special teams prowess puts him ahead of the other ones. So I'm going to go with Ramsey, but not excited about any of those picks. Uh, let's go speed round for the last three here. We've got inside linebacker first, Isaiah McDuffie, Ty Summers, Ray Wilborn. Again, you can make a case for an undrafted free agent here if you want. Who do you got at inside linebacker, Perry? I just, I don't know, pick McDuffie. I don't really love any of them. I think Summers is like, we know who you are. This is not going to happen anymore unless Basachi is like special teams, but I don't know. And Ray Wilborn, I don't really know much about him. So McDuffie's young too. So that's kind of where I, I leaned. It's a draft pick. It's a draft pick from last yeah. year. I, I think he makes the roster, and I agree, Perry. I think the uh, unless Rich Basaccia really wants to make a case for Ty Summers, uh, I think the Ty Summers experiment is over. So I, I, I went with McDuffie here as well. I'm going with Ray Wilborn. Um, uniquely enough, got some snaps at the ones uh, in the last uh, OT or I think it was mini camps actually. That is unique. Um, tough to make sure if you're tough to know if that was like on purpose or if they just sort of like separated <laughs> linebackers. Um, because you still had Barnes and Devondre Campbell and, uh, play Walker with the ones too. So he was like the fourth player with the ones. And then all the other guys were on the other side, which also means that then like, you know, Wilborn got no snaps with the ones, whereas Summers and McDuffie got like all the snaps with the two. So is that better? I don't know, but either way, um, I'm going to go Wilborn here, uh, former safety turn linebacker. Um, I think he has a, you know, unique, uh, ability to potentially cover play teams. So I'm going to take a flyer on Wilborn, not in love again with any of these guys, but that could be a fun battle. Let's go corner KB Rico Gafford, Keandre Thomas, Raleigh Tejada, pick one, Alex, I'll start with you. Yeah, I like KB on Ento, but that's not who I'm going with here. I'm going with Keandre Thomas, uh, who oh, has bounced around the league the last couple of years. But uh, I, I like him on special teams. I think he could be a solid gunner. He's a 4-4 guy uh, in terms of 40. So he's, he's pretty fast. He's, it's not like Eric Stokes speed, but he's speedy. Uh, I, I think he can make an impact on special teams. Maybe he's this year's Rasul Douglas. Who knows? Practice squad guy to superstar. Uh, oh. Because the, those are really fair expectations to have for somebody. So I'm going to go with Thomas here. Really quick before Perry kicks in here, Keandre Thomas caught my eye on multiple plays on special teams and OTAs and mini camps. Like he, there, there's something to that. I, I'm again, this could be like the 90th guy on the roster, or he could be a legitimate guy who could potentially make his way onto things. Neither would shock me, but uh, he caught my eye on a couple of different occasions, especially on teams. And he's, uh, I don't think he's just like, uh, uh, you know, you know, he's on the cut list. He's, he doesn't have a chance to make the team. I think he's going to get in the conversation. Perry. Oh, is he your pick? No, he's not. I'll, I'll make my pick. I'm going to go Rico Gafford. Um, I just think Rico Gafford has the most things he can bring to the team. Potential returner, corner. You could even have him as an emergency wide receiver on game days. Like, I just think that there is more there. He had a couple flash plays as well. Um, I, I'm very intrigued by Rico Gafford. I know that this is sort of the, you know, the the pet project, the, the wide receiver turned corner, um, which is KB Anento as well. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued. And he had a couple plays in, in camp that I was like, 
Hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Gafford on this one. Nice. I went Keandre also simply Andy, just because I remember you when you came on packs, which he said, just like talking about how he kind of stood out to you. And I think all these guys are like, you know what I mean? Like they, these are not guys you're hoping are starters on, on game day, but you're looking for like special teams. And if he's making plays, then it probably is a good sign. He's going to make the team. I don't, in, in this scenario, we're saying Shamar gets the five. I don't think that's a sure thing. I don't think really? Shamar is really, I think he's like the most established of probably all of these guys, but like, I don't think he's also done anything um, that I would say is like, all right, he's it. Like, I think he gets on the roster, but I also think any of these guys could jump uh, Shamar for the five too. Um, so I think it's, it, it, you know, that corner spot number five and potentially number six is going to be very interesting. Um, let's wrap up with uh, safety. We've got one spot for Ennis Gaines, Vernon Scott, or Tariq Carpenter. Perry, who do you got? Um, I loved this one because again, like I think the third safety spot is a huge hole that if you step up, like you could be super impactful, especially about with how much we saw Henry black play last season. So I'm actually going with tree carpenter. I loved the pick. I think he's such an interesting skill set because he is that kind of hybrid safety linebacker, which just feels so Joe Barry. And as much as I want to root for Innis gains again, I just think they're going to keep the picks. And I know Tariq is just a seventh round pick, but he just like, I just, I don't know. He intrigues me. Like he's definitely like top five of when I come up to training camp, like who I'm going to be looking at. And I also will say last thing is just like Furnace Scott made the roster and did not suit up for a single game last year. And I just think that's such a red flag. So I almost think it's the opposite. I almost think like they knew he wasn't ready to play, but like in an all in season, they did everything that they could to keep him on the 53 man roster. Just knowing like it had to be potential, right? They had to know like, listen, we think this guy is going to be really good. We are not going to subject him to waivers to even mm-hmm. have the like have the threat of losing him while trying to get him back, back to the practice squad. Even though we know that, you know, we're, we don't trust him on teams. We don't trust him at safety, even though we bring, you know, sign Sean Davis midway through the season and put him up on the roster before we put Vernon Scott, like there had to be some reason that they were not willing to subject him to waivers. I'm going to Carpenter, but it just, it's so weird to me that in a season where that year meant everything, they were so unwilling to let go of Vernon Scott in that spot on the 53 man roster, despite knowing they weren't going to play him on team or on defense at safety at linebacker at anything it's just it's such a weird thing it could be a red flag could also be like they just didn't want to cut the guy so I don't know I'm intrigued but Alex let's end with you uh we're gonna end unanimous because I'm also going with the draft pick to uh to follow suit with a lot of the other picks I've made Tariq Carpenter is my pick but uh interesting insight there uh, on Vernon Scott I guess I didn't realize he didn't suit up at all last year I, yeah. I didn't even I didn't realize that yeah, it was, it's really weird. And Every week he was on the inactive list. I just thought it was so strange. It was a redshirt season is basically what, they, even though it was a soft, sophomore year, like it was a redshirt season where, again, they didn't put him on teams. They didn't put him at safety. They didn't put him in that hybrid safety linebacker huh. role, no matter who got hurt. Um, it didn't matter, but they kept him on the 53 regardless, which again, to me is just like, they there had to have been something where they're like, we know he's not there yet, but if he can get this one thing down or whatever, like he could be really good in this league. I don't know. Either way, I, I, I'm more with you, Perry, that I think it's not a great sign, um, especially because, you know, Henry Black, the guy that they did keep, they, they you know, didn't even have any interest yeah. in keeping this offseason. They could have kept him at the literal minimum salary and they're like, no, we don't even want him. Um, but even still. I'm really, I hope he, I hope he steps up because he showed some flashes as a rookie for sure. And Ennis Gaines, not a player to forget about either. So a lot of these are really fun battles, not a lot of huge names, but I think a lot of uh, fun battles. 
Perry, Alex, thank you so much as always. Always great talking to you guys. This is nothing but fun. Some of my best favorite Sundays are when we get to talk Packers. So hopefully we can do it again soon. Perry, really quickly, where can we find you? Um, Twitter, Perry underscore Goldstein and uh, Pack's what she said. Alex? You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe and uh, with ESPN Madison 100.5 if you're in the area. You can find me at Andy Herman NFL. You can find the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. That does it for us. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack! Go pack!